The chat is going to be pissed that we're late, but we are here, Spags. We're running out of time to draft Best Ball Mania three teams. Yeah, only one week until NFL kickoff, so we have to get our teams in now. So that means we're going to be drafting for $10 million in Best Ball Mania 3 and Underdog. We're also going to talk about some of the last-minute cuts and trades. Pete's guy, LaVisca's in a new town. Is he drafting him? We'll find out right after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spags, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how are you doing? And are you ready for going five days? Pete and I were talking about this before the show, but I got to promote. Pete, are you ready to go five days a week on Sirius XM next week? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I'm drowning. As people have seen, I've, uh, I say yes to too many things. My basement, our entire house is a mess. We're frantically trying to unpack things with my parents coming. And, uh, I'm, I'm an, I'm kind of an OCD organized guy. I like to feel like I have a grip on my schedule, everything that's going on. And, um, I, I don't feel that way right now, Spags. I was on the phone with our electric company, gas company, all, all kinds of shit that you have to do as an adult that isn't fun to do when you are trying to also juggle your busiest time of the year for fantasy. You want to know what we did when we moved across the country, Pete? We used a company called Utility Concierge that just did it all for us. Ooh, <laughs> they, yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, they get affiliate money off of it, but it's, it is worth it if you are moving because like the, it was recommended by our mortgage company. But yeah, like a utility concierge, they set up everything for you, like basically make it as idiot-proof as possible. So that was how we did it. And I would recommend it for anybody out there who doesn't want to do the legwork that Pete's suffering with right now. Yeah, Briggy says Pete having a Brady moment. Hopefully th this doesn't mean Lauren is leaving me in the same way it sounds like Giselle is leaving Tom, but yes. <laughs> Well, let's talk about guys. First of all, make sure you're liking this video, whether you're watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play channel. And of course, move yourself over to the youtube.com slash C slash Splash Play pod because starting next Friday, the show will be there full time. So go check it out on youtube.com slash C slash Splash Play pod. Might be a few bonus things going up next week. We'll see. But overall, uh, make sure to go over there and subscribe because that is going to be the official home of Splash Play moving forward. And also, I'm going to put a request for arms out there right now. And it's something that I, I talked about briefly with Pete before the show. I've talked a little bit on this show and generalities but right now if you want to do me a favor go to probablyapp.com p-r-o-b-l-y app.com that is going to be a company that i am deeply involved with that is something that we're pushing out a product coming up in a few weeks right now there is a wait list going on there at probablyapp.com and if you sign up on there you're going to make my life a lot easier you might make pete's life a little bit easier a little more money coming in for the boys potentially to get some uh, traction is what they call it in the biz pete and this is my life right now i'm, I'm doing the football outsider stuff everything is looking great for our plans for the season but probably pete is my future and we haven't talked about it on the show but pete knows that i've been grinding this one along with a newborn and it is fucking exhausting <laughs> I uh, I just filled it out, and uh, because my computer does an autofill, you even got my middle initial in Ooh. there. So there you go. There What's you your go. middle name? Daniel. Oh, as, wait. Did we? I'm a Daniel too. We must have talked. Wait, about are this. you? Yeah. I don't. I don't remember ever discussing this. Oh well, it's a couple of Daniels. Dan and Dan's show here <laughs> in the afternoon. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm excited too. I I still though. I mean, you've given me a couple sneak peeks, but I'm still. I 
feel like I only know the tip of the iceberg about what you've been working on. Yeah, the goal was honestly to take really all the information I've accumulated over the last few years working for Osmo, who's now Stochastic, working for Football Outsiders, and bringing people the most powerful betting product possible, but making it not about betting at all. So it's going to be really simple. Uh, the goal is, uh, you know, like anybody who's a startup out there to build the Netflix of a product. Uh, we're trying to build the Netflix of betting. So it's going to be cheaper than anything else out there. It'll be fun. It'll be transactional. It'll be mathematically profitable. Uh, so this is the stuff that we're building right now, but we're really close to launch. So please help us out. Go to probably app.com right now and subscribe you know it's free just throw your email list in there and you won't have to be committed to anything pete nfl news though we got to talk about lavisca chanel carolina panther are you back drafting him now that he is seemingly viable and perhaps be playing out of the slot quite a bit this year yeah i mean uh we saw we had the ben mcadoo quote on him talking about his build and physical style he's a stud right um you know it th there, there's a thing with change of scenery right where it's like one you want them out but then it also self-selects like this was a team who wanted him and thought that he could do things for their for the team so yes as a relapsed lavisca truther i'm i'm excited about it i think he does have a path to seeing more work and having a bigger role than he did in in jacksonville and it's a pretty barren depth chart uh, behind DJ Moore and, and Christian McCaffrey as far as playmakers. So I'm excited to see him in that offense. Yeah, I think the Curtis Samuel comps are the ones people are going to look at, even though that was a different coaching regime that got the best out of Curtis Samuel. But I've actually been taking a little bit of LaVisca late in drafts, too. I think he's a nice pick. I think he and Baker, a nice little duo to get to complete a stack if you get DJ Moore early on. So it may shock the people out there, given how much I, along with all of you, I'm sure have trolled Pete over the years. But I think Visca firmly draftable and, and not the worst player to get in the 17th and 18th round. A guy, though, that we can't take in the 17th and 18th round anymore, Pete, Trey Sermon, who a lot of people were carrying the bags for last year, officially cut from San Francisco. Go. They do want to add it to the practice squad and a guy, Pete, that I have not heard the name of once all offseason is apparently making the team undrafted free agent Jordan Mason. He makes the team do being quote unquote their style of runner. Should we have been drafting Jordan Mason? Is he the guy we're going to need come week 17? Well, here's the problem. He uh, literally cannot be the guy you need week 17 because he's not in the underdog player pool. So <laughs> that's going to be an issue. Uh, but yeah, it, the the reports about Jordan Mason are, are pretty glowing. And he dusted, you know, Trey Sermon to the point where he uh, made him, you know, uh, disposable, I guess. So yeah, and the thing that's also interesting about it to me is Jordan Mason in the preseason and stuff was catching passes. And that's the one role that I thought Jamichael Hasty was going to have because that was kind of more his specialty. And then he obviously gets cut. So you look at Eli Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, TDP, like none of those guys I would say are, you know, subpar pass catchers, but that's not their strength. They're more the two down runners. And so holy cow, could we see Jordan Mason just have a role right out of the gate as a bit of a pass catcher? Uh, but it's a bummer that we can't draft him. You're not the most impressive profile on playerprofiler.com that I talk about a lot to see the college dominator stats. These guys' performances, they're 40 times, all that stuff. But neither was Elijah Mitchell, and we saw Elijah Mitchell last year be really good. Uh, so, you know, so definitely got to keep a flag for and maybe take in your home leagues if you want. Marlon Mack signed with the Texas practice squad. Damian Pierce's ADP is soaring to the point, Pete, that he went in the first round on a DraftKings draft he did this week. And granted, it was to a guy named Texas fans or Texans <laughs> fan, rather, something, something. But he's still going so heavy. I, I'm actually going to share some of my player exposures. I signed up for Spike Week finally because I needed to see my Damian Pierce numbers correctly. And um, I was getting him, Pete, 11% exposure to Damian Pierce at the 133 spot. I think it is a ginormous mistake to draft him in the first, second, third round right now. People are doing it. Are you doing it at all? 
Um, no, I, I'm the same way. I was just doing the stream with Liam and I looked and I had, uh, just under 8% Damian Pierce and I haven't drafted him once over pick 130 or whatever, you know, where his ADP was before he really shot up. So, you know, I have started to sprinkle in a little George Pickens at the new price tags, you know, like where I see where these other rookie wide receivers are going and I don't necessarily think it's, it's bad, but man, I just, I can't stomach it with, with Damian Pierce. I think there's so much, much risk at that elevated price. Yeah, I think Dylan's chat here. I'd rather take Burkhead cost adjusted. I think is not an unreasonable take to have. And the last cut slash trade news, or I guess signing news as well. Kenyon Drake signs with the Ravens. Sony Michelle signs with the Chargers. Jalen Rager was traded to the Vikings. Uh, how much do you care about these moves, Pete, if you want to rank them one to three? Uh, yeah, none of that. I wrote them up in the Fantasy Life newsletter today. I mean, the Rager stuff, I guess maybe some contingent value. You know, if something happened to one of those three, they're kind of thin after KJ Osborne there and, and Rager, I still think has some speed and can get down the field there. So I don't know. He's, he's not on like the redraft or, or best ball radar. Although sometimes you draft Kirk cousins teams and you miss out on Osborne and you'd kind of like there to be a, another wide receiver you could tack on. Uh, I don't know about that. Sony Michelle with the chargers, that one, I feel like people are are panicking on that one a little too much to me. It was just like, Hey, they cut Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly has been a complete disappointment. They've always wanted to have the short yardage power back compliment to uh, Austin Eckler. And so I think, you know, Sony Michelle probably immediately has that. And then I don't even think it changes anything for Isaiah Spiller. I think he's still kind of the Justin Jackson, the contingent, you know, back for Austin Eckler, if something were to happen to him. So I don't think that much has changed other than it sucks for Joshua Kelly, but who, who was drafting Joshua Kelly in the first place? I think Michelle actually is not the best thing for Eckler, a guy who could take some goal line touches and actually was really good and kind of fits that that football guy mindset as we saw for the Rams last year. And it's worth pointing out too, Isaiah Spiller back at practice. So if you haven't been drafting him out of fear, he's not going to play this year or something. Uh, people see that Q tag and run away. He's in fact back at practice. Pete, we should start the draft, but I know we have J.K. Dobbins on the thumbnail and I know there was a tweet as well of him uh, firing back at a roto baller guy, I guess a uh, former fantasy pros guy, Adam Koffler. Uh, do, do we care enough to talk about this at much more depth? You got yeah, I mean, well, I guess the real question to me is, what do you see? Do you, does it look like he's limping or do you think he's just kind of? It looks like he's tired. Like, it looks like he did a workout and he's coming off. And I think this is like you're seeing it on the screen. Like, this is why football players hate. Like, this is why football players hate fantasy analyst guys reading too much in a drill where he's just walking like. That's not a limp. That's not even a pimp limp where they're doing like the fake one. Like, I think he's completely fine. And kudos to Adam Koffler, I guess, getting the likes on his, his take about the injury. But he doesn't look injured to me. And I think it's completely right for J.K. Dobbins to shit right in that guy's face. <laughs> and I mean, talk about like conflicting reports. Then, you know, obviously Dobbins clapping back saying he's fine. John Harbaugh saying his quickness is back as well. So, I mean, this is it's clearly a sore subject for uh Dobbins he got mad at Rappaport uh earlier in the offseason for implying he might not be ready for week one uh I do think it's a legitimately kind of confusing spot um as far as the signals and how long it's going to take him to get fully up to speed and the fact that they brought in Kenyon Drake even that's a riddle or it doesn't tell us a lot about Dobbins because they just needed bodies I mean with with Gus Edwards not ready either so uh, I, I'm buying the J.K. Dobbins dip. I, I, I've got him in uh, at pick 80, I want to say, in one of these mm -hmm. recent drafts. So I definitely like that. But I don't know. I don't know what to believe here. I, I need a Twitter doctor to, to tell me the truth.
Uh, we got a chat doctor. Chat doctor Steven saying, looks like classic quad exhaustion. First of all, he's limping on his right leg if he's limping at all. ACL tear is his left knee. Okay. So the people out there are watching. Uh, time Pete's hit a draft. Do you want to do it on my account? Or do you want it on yours? Because I think we both got to get some entries in. Oh, how many? Whoever has less entries can do it on their account. I'm at 133. I am at 136. Okay, let's do mine. All right, there we go. So we're going to do it on Pete's account. Of course, play along with us on Underdog. Use the promo code SPLASH to double your deposit up to $100. There's also a link in the description to go and play on Underdog as well, but use that promo code SPLASH because that money goes right back to the show to make it a better and brighter place each day. Maybe even hire a producer one of these days so Pete and I don't have to fumble with the screen. That's a luxury that we're not even close to yet. Well, there was only one person in it when I registered, so can't wait for the ultimate friends and family draft here. Yeah, I'm sure you've been getting a lot. I feel like you have really upped your best ball stream content on the home stretch, doing a stream with Liam right before the show, hopping up everywhere. I feel like you must just be getting inundated with these fucking incredibly annoying rooms. Uh, well, Liam rugged everyone on our stream earlier. Uh, he he was the worst actor ever. He goes, yeah, so we're going to talk with Pete for a little bit and hop in a draft in about 30 minutes. And I started laughing. I was like, at least make it more subtle. And then like five minutes later, he's like, I gotcha. We hopped in. <laughs> I like that you put the entry fees on there. I heard you talking about that with Brick when you guys were doing the bigger money drafts. And uh, has that sobered you up on anybody at all? Yeah, I actually want to change it because it's, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, when you look at the first round, it's fine. You're like, yeah, I want $425 on Jamar Chase. It's when you get to the back of the draft and uh, then you then it really starts to get gross. Did you see um, Felix, the DK best ball winner, tweeted out his exposures? And he is going uh, deeply exploitative with his guys. He's doing like 50% exposures. I think he had 70% of like Nico Collins. Like his numbers were outlandish. Doesn't he like, um, I want to update my thing so I can get the Visca, the $500 team here. Uh, but what, uh, did, isn't he big on Najee? I thought. Yeah, that was I think he's got like 67% Najee, if I recall. Oh, 67%. Unhinged That's- numbers. Like, and Felix won last year, so I'm not going to begrudge anybody who's picked up a win. Um, certainly, we talk about the best thing. If you're going to follow people out there, like, follow the winners. Follow people who are doing well. But, I love yeah. it. No, Jamar. It, it, and the whole thing about that is, is uh, we're on the clock here. We'll yes. get uh, we'll get Chase. Although, I, I was just talking to Liam about wanting to boost my Eckler exposure, but now is not the time. Yeah, not on this stream, Pete. <laughs> I don't want my Eckler exposure through you. Hang on. <laughs> there it is. When you Ooh. include the $500 draft from yesterday, the Visca numbers get out of control. Respectable 7%, though. You're probably above the field on that. So you're doing your job carrying the bags for your, your Visca love. Oh, and I must have Adams in a couple of those Bulldogs. A lot of, lot of cheddar writing on Devontae Adams. Oh man, I gotta. I actually need to add this to my brick caddy now because I want to see these numbers. And I don't think I have a ton of guys over a thousand because I'm not doing the high dollar drafts like you guys were doing. I'm just doing the best ball manias and the puppies and occasional Pomeranians. Um, also worth pointing out 67% Najee Harris for Felix. He has spent $4,526 on Najee Harris. That's that's a lot. Uh, actually, this is actually kind of fun. So Zach Wilson is uh, Felix's higher dollar QB or highest dollar QB. Uh, Pete, do you want to guess his exposure to Zach Wilson and how much he's spent? Oh God. Um, it sounds like it's outrageous. Does he have like 40% Zach Wilson? 47% Zach Wilson, 2859 spent on Zach Wilson. Wow. Uh, this is just underdog too. So I'm sure Felix is throwing some bullets out there on uh DraftKings as well. Underdog though, Pete, <laughs> do you want to guess his highest exposed wide receiver? And this is a guy deeply late in drafts, but interesting choice. Um deeply late in drafts. Zay Jones, Nico Collins, 48, 36, 65% exposure to Nico Collins. 
Wow. I'd be curious to know how much of that was pre and post John Mechie. Yeah, I, I would think some of it's got to be pre. And it is ex- most exposed tight end. And of course, this is Felix Castro at Crying Buffalo if you want to see what he did uh, for his full exposures. His most exposed tight end, Pete, who would it be? It's a guy who you've actually extolled as being the one guy you can get a tight end after the elite tight ends and feel okay about to still have a two tight end build. Oh, is he, uh, is he a Hawkinson guy? Heavy DOS, actually both, but heavy Hawkinson, uh, 24, 67, 42% exposure. His highest exposed guy, Dawson Knox, 39, 50 spent, 52% exposure. How much Josh Allen does he have then? Uh, let's see. I'll go back to QBs. A QB, he's got 19% Josh Allen, 1,786 spent. Yeah. I mean, most, most uh, of the players that I know are like underweight, Herbert and Josh Allen. So, I mean, you have to be going out of your way. You have to be taking him what? mid late third uh mm-hmm. one fifth of the time to get get to that exposure yeah that's a lot of josh allen like i definitely don't believe as much in the super elite qbs like the price tag you're going there i feel like the win rates weren't the best on the roster construction explorers like uh, look i'm not again I, I think it's insane but if felix is right like if felix is right again because i think he drafted this way last year is there a certain point where you would rethink your strategy? Because we talk a lot about the 8% threshold. That's the ownership for pretty much every player. That's where they're being drafted every time out. But like 67% is so overexposed that like, I don't think that's possible or logical. Um, again, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's quote unquote wrong. It's just where you think your edges and how you want to take on variance, you know, and if you want to take on that much variance, you know, in the same way, if you were to, um, let's see what we want to do here. I think I'd like to do Andrews. I'm okay with Andrews. I've been reaching for Pitts a little bit ahead of Andrews just to kind of flip the the construction a little bit. But I yeah. think Andrews, you should be at 8% Andrews at least, I think. Exactly. That's my thought too. I'm at, you know, I, I always want more Pitts. Um, but I think I've been kind of getting my Pitts stuff now more at the 2-3 turn. Um, and so I don't mind uh, waiting there. But yeah, I was just going to say, it's, it's it, you know, when sometimes guys will MME, right? And a DFS contest and they'll lock one player that they think there's a big edge on. I guess the question for me is I, I would understand the 60% stuff more on, like I understood it for Liam last year with Gabe Davis, right? Because he was like a 13th, 14th round pick. Liam felt very strongly. He was mispriced. He was, he was absolutely correct that he was mispriced. If that goes wrong, your portfolio isn't shot losing a 14th round pick. Like you're, you're still fine. You can navigate that. So to me, then the question is, you have to think that Najee Harris should probably be like 101, 102, 103, like at worst to justify like that level of the field is wrong on that. I think that's where I have a hard time of like how mispriced could Najee actually be to where you would get to that point. That's the one thing that I, that always stuck out with me that I learned from some top DFS players out there, which is like a lot of them use their ownership as a metric of, you know, what's the probability of this guy, you know, succeeding the right way. And, uh, you know, the, what's the probably app.com of this guy succeeding, but like, ultimately it's a question of like, if this guy's going to have 50% chance to be the smash play you need and his ownership is 40%, you probably should be playing a little bit more than 50%. But like, the way that he's grading these guys out, if we were to use that same metric, like, is there a 70% chance Najee Harris is like the running back you need? I don't think so. I think it's closer to like 20 if that. Well, and even, even if he is, I guess then the question is too, you, you'd go, go through the running backs around him, you know, and you say Swift, Barkley, Cook, Mixon, Kamara, Henry, like that basket. I assume he's very light on those guys, right? You have to be, if you're taking, uh, Najee 67% of the time, unless he's double tapping running backs at the turn every time. 
me see. I'll look one more time at his running backs to see. Because it is interesting. And again, crying Buffalo is Felix's handle. Of course, Felix won the DK Millie Maker last year. So worth checking out if you are curious about how a top player does it. Yeah, not a lot of stud running backs in his group. Uh, 16% Swift is his highest. Um, Higgins? Too obvious? Yeah. Keenan Allen feels like you could up it, but he is old. I know. I'm fine where, with where I'm at. And I, re- I was going to take Pittman uh there i guess we'll just uh we'll set up another classic joe burrow double here uh, i mean yeah we just got to make sure not to take lamar because otherwise we will be in a week 10 qb buy if we did both those qbs oh there you go what a, who did oh brick and i yeah we we got into that spot with our bulldog draft uh the other day where who were our two qbs we had two elite qbs lance that and both had the same buy yeah uh or maybe it involved russ um yeah maybe it was uh and then we had to tack on baker at the end hmm. i did that too i had i had lance and dak again which is the same one we had on the stream um oh, <laughs> there we go felix we're talking about your exposures on on drafting so you can rewind if we want uh just you know we gave the plug to the twitter handle so at the end of the day that's all we can ask we said you're fucking crazy <laughs> said said you're fucking twins and nazi harris <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like that you're pissing yellow down the home stretch, Pete, after you, for the most part, were drafting running backs early on in your barbell process, and now you are back to Team Zero RB. Look, Spags, I'm not dogmatic. I just draft the best players at each pick, you know? Easy game. <laughs> it's true. I I actually have been doing some weird shit in my small mania drafts on the stretch. Like I actually took uh, A.J. Brown as my first-round pick because it was a, a wide receiver avalanche room, and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to get the guys I love the most. So like for me, that would be A.J. Brown, Kyle Pitts, Sutton. I just went and reached for those guys because at this point, Pete, we've now done so many entries across all these different sites, all these different tournaments. I just want to get my guys a few times in these drafts. Yeah, I mean, I, I found myself doing. That's why I I said I grabbed some George Pickens. I'm like George Pickens is a fucking fun guy to click on in drafts. It's like, all right, yeah, uh, I want to have some fun with these teams. Same with chasing Pitts into the second round. Same with I've been starting to do it with the Broncos wide receivers a decent bit. Sutton and Judy, like uh, you know, it's uh, it's time to go go have some fun and, and build some teams you love. And I would say, too, for anybody else out there, like we definitely preach trying to be closer to ADP to not go too crazy with some of that, especially in the later rounds, because you're competing against people then who are getting these guys at much cheaper values. But like at this point, you know, with one week left and some weird rooms, like don't be afraid to reach for guys here and there. Don't do it for every pick because you're probably then going to be in a bucket with lineups that are much more competitive than yours. But still, like, uh, you know, I I just want to get Jefferson. I want to get Brown. I want to get Sutton and I want to get Pitts and lineups if I can. Um, And that's a tough one to pull off. But like. And three of those four, if I can get them now, I'm just going to try to take them before I before this closes. Uh, so I actually like this. Uh, Steven says had a couple drafts with Felix where he took Najee 101. If you're going to have 65% of a guy, I do not want them all from the exact same spot on the board. Like I definitely want some Najee with two, three turn guys, etc. So that actually makes complete sense to me when you're massively overweight to make sure that they're mixed in on, on different style teams. Because I think you've talked about it a lot. I think earlier in best ball season, you would say this as your phrase, and it's probably dropped off a little But The texture of the build, like I think, is an important thing to consider, too, if uh, people are in there. And one guy earlier in the chat was saying that he's now 53 entries into BBM. If you're trying to max and you're at 53, boy, it's going to be a fucking long week. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's uh, – I think if, if I was in that spot, uh, I'm just waving the white flag. Yeah, I'm honestly – there's no chance this fills like before Thursday, is there? 
Um, eighty-five percent. I my my. If I had to make my prediction, I think it fills Wednesday. Okay, I'm worried it's going to fill over the weekend. Is mine because we're on the clock. Well, did you see that they're launching? Uh, let's see, ETN. I think I don't okay. like these. I don't mind receivers. I definitely have tuned um, down ETN because of the the ADP rise, but I don't mind getting them here. What was I going to say? Oh, they're dropping the puppy four on oh. Monday, I believe. So I think that could just slow it down a smidge. Interesting. I didn't know that there was officially a puppy four, which is a good sign for the best ball industry that they can now get one more tournament and feel confident that it's going to fill. I mean, the people like their entire, if you, if you go search through underdogs at mentions on Twitter, it's just win puppy four, win puppy. I mean, people are insatiable for it. Oh, I don't think I'm going to max that one out. Pete. <laughs> I don't think I have enough in me at that point. Um, Joe, glad to see you're sticking around as a member. I thought you might pull the move there of regging, getting your team sauce the other night, and then uh, canceling your subscription. So glad to see you're sticking around here for at least a month. <laughs> oh, Joe was the guy that was asking in your chat. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> You've converted him into a regular, which is you know really a skill set of Pete. So you, you start spamming, and then all of a sudden you're a regular in the community and valued as much as anybody. Yeah, that's actually how our friendship started. You just spammed me message after message, and then I finally capitulated. Pete, please do a show. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I need the boost. I need some 101s. Wow, Trenton, Trenton ain't scared about J.K. Dobbins going on the 4-5 rap. I don't think you should do that either. Like, I like Dobbins. I like Dobbins at 65 to 80. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. These rooms right now, like... We've been drafting so much that I'm now like completely shell shocked by some of the illogical things that go on in these drafts. Where it's like this is not something that would happen in June, July, and now and it's August, and it is the wild west out there with people's draft moves. Yeah, um, Trenton, if you're watching, love you. Welcome to Underdog. I hate your team. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Evans and Michael Thomas says <laughs> one and two receivers. Tough group. Um, I don't always take Terry McLaurin, but I will take him at pick 53 here if he falls. I think that's a nice. You know who's fallen a lot in rooms I'm in? Brees Hall, which I don't get that. Hmm. So I'm I'm still also not opposed to hmm. So if we take Lamar, we're gonna have two Q and we take Burrow, we're gonna have two QBs with week 10 buys. I'm just looking at something real quick. You um, could take Lamar and not take Burrow with a double stack, and that's that, gonna probably make you different. That's what I was considering. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm going to get my guy, Chris Godwin, though. Interesting. Okay. I I wouldn't have minded going Lamar there because like, then the thesis is that Lamar is going to beat Burrow even in games where Chase and, and Higgins go off, and that's not a crazy thing to ask. Yeah, it's uh, the, the bye week thing is tricky there. I was also looking at the ADP pockets of where Burrow falls. Obviously, we have the two wide receivers of people who would want to stack with him, but he will still go. If he falls past ADP. So his ADP 75, we pick at 77 ultimately. And then the, the other thing with Godwin is it opens up another uh, elite quarterback stack partner too. So building in another out there. Um, so yeah, it was close. It's a bummer that those guys both have the same uh, bye week. I think it would have been a little easier otherwise. Who are the players that you think casual drafters like the most? Like, who do you feel like, you know, and it does not be everybody, obviously, but like, who are like one or two guys that you feel like tend to go a lot more when you see like these rooms where it's like, oh, this is not maybe the sharpest room in the world? Well, generally the running backs. I mean, AJ Dillon is a classic one, although red badge bop here, though. AJ Dillon at 47 is pretty rich. Um, 
I would say Allen Robinson is a guy. I guess a lot of people like Allen Robinson, but I see him go go early. It's hard because underdog drafters are are considered or I consider them to be sharp drafters, so they're more on the sexy players than the like, you know, buzz of the week. I mean, it it's Damian Pierce is is probably the best example right now to have a casual yeah, drafter hopping in and get the Yeah, I Josh agree with Allen's take, a good though. one. Yeah, on DraftKings, like I think it is a little bit different where you do find people just really like don't want any rookies, don't want any young guys on underdog. I think they probably air the most. Dylan's a good one. I feel like Rashad Bateman's the inverse, though, where I see him fall a lot in drafts and I just don't get why. And I've also seen a lot of like the like the projectable players like the Michael Thomas's of the world starts to go up more in a lot of the rooms I'm in. Like Bateman, to me, should have never really gone under 50. And now he's at 56. And like, I think that's because of the casuals being like, he had 500 yards last year. He's not good. Yeah, this is kind of a weird room. So Dak from the 11 hole, he got Kyler to stack with Marquise, which makes sense, but then came right back around and double tapped an unstacked Hertz. I don't think that's bad per se, um, but definitely just an interesting move. I think that's Derek in our chat, one of our one of our regulars. Is that you? Is it Derek? I believe Explain so. Explain yourself, Derek. <laughs> I do like the move because if you're talking about guys who could be QB one, like Murray and Hertz are both very live. It would have been nice if he had gotten AJ Brown and Bra- and Marquise Brown. If you gotten both Browns and got both QBs, I would like that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and now I think I can't even risk it with Joe Burrow as the top one on the board. Yeah. I and think I don't, I don't, there's no one like I, yeah, I like London, but. I don't know if I can risk it now after passing on Lamar with having both those guys. And you love Cam Akers, so hard to ignore him. We do love Cam Akers. Montgomery up to 2%, huh? So did we find your hidden shares of Montgomery? No, so I still have zero in Best Ball Mania 3. To get the dollar amount across all my tournaments, I included everything. So this probably has a couple uh, puppy shares or whatever. Okay, I, I'm going to try to get that on the, the stream before tomorrow. And again, uh, hang out with me. I'm, even if it's Labor Day weekend, I'm going to do my Friday solo stream 2.30 tomorrow. And I'm going to pull up the Spike Week tool and show you guys the guys that I have 0% of and also some general things that I found nice about the tool. But uh, Bime4 got me. Actually, they have. do you know they have Bime4 working support? Like I in my account? Yeah, he, he told me that. Yeah, that he's handling all the emails. Yeah, he is. If you really want that hand, you know, crafted kind of attention uh, from a guy who you watch some streams of, go s- sign up for Spike Week and use Bime4 as your as your proxy there. But um, very cool tool. It's like it's tough when you have like 500 lineups across all the sites. Like it's a little sluggish, but it's still like the best tool out there, I think, to pull it all in. Even though the brick overlay is the one that obviously we we are the most ride or die for. Yeah, the com the, the combo ownership is is very cool. Yeah. Um, would this have randomizers in it too? Yes. The way I, the way I did it, I just spray and prayed and uh, clicked everything. So yes, this just include randomizers. Let's see if uh, who's who's the most bizarre randomizer pick we have. I'm trying to say, do I have? There you go. There's a Tim Tebow three dollars. <laughs> I didn't know Tim Tebow was in the player pool, so I learned something today. <laughs> you did? Yeah. There there's some random ones in there, hmm. but but not Jordan Mason, huh? Boy, <laughs> get it well, together, underdog. Considering if I would have taken someone that wasn't burrow at that last pick it would have been london so i I feel good having him come back to me here 
So here's the thing that'll make you feel good about Drake London, Pete. I I dabbled in a little Madden this week. Um, also awful at Madden. Now I don't play nearly enough Madden. I'm an NBA 2K guy. Uh, but boy, I'm just extra bad playing on all pro and simulation. It's been tough. The guy though who's really looking good, Drake London. Drake London looks like a monster. I played the uh, in Madden. <laughs> he's he's really good. Like he's grabs every ball. Like he's better than Kyle Pitts in the game, which I don't think will be true in reality. But it was nice to see as somebody who's been a Falcons believer. Yeah, I mean. He isn't he he's a little banged up right now, isn't he? He was hurt earlier. I don't know if he's still hurt now. It's always like spooks me a little bit with rookies just because there's generally a little bit of a learning curve or whatever. And then you toss on an injury and you can see. I mean, it kind of happened with Rashad Bateman last year, right? Where it took a while. That's I mean, London's not gonna miss as much time as Bateman did, but hopefully he's all right. Yeah, I'm getting awesome. My Wi-Fi might be petering. I don't know what the fuck has gone on here. Ever since I switched to Windows, my Wi-Fi down here is a disaster, and it's very frustrating. Some fun homeownership issues for you, Pete. Uh, trust me, I was there. One of the first projects I did when I moved in was have the electrician come and rig me up an Ethernet port for in my office down here, so I could be. Uh... All right, do you have it? Are you plugged in via Ethernet? No, I used to be plugged in, in my old apartment, and now I didn't do it here because it was fine for a while. And now, like, I'm seeing one Wi-Fi bar on the StreamYard screen, and I'm like, "Fuck, is it gonna make me robot-y or or cut out?" And then you're gonna be like, "Oh, I can't hear you, Spags," and then I, I won't even know if you're fucking with me or not. Um, I can hear you. You are fairly robot-y and and clipping, but I have been able to understand everything you're saying. Okay, good. Well, that's better than usual then. You should. It, it was. It's money well spent to get a Ethernet port uh set up in your in your basement the thing is like our the actual connections upstairs it just seemed complicated but yeah that might be for for here long term that might be the thing i should do uh yeah josh asked me for college football picks i'll pull them up i'll see what we got in this this thing um the goal though is for me to soon put out uh the most probable bets of a, a given day uh so that's something i'm working towards hopefully soon but that's that's what you can find the details of it probably app.com boy i'm gonna fucking shill hard Pete, you, you thought i was shilling hard before imagine when i actually have my, my livelihood on the line i i can't imagine i, I just imagine you're gonna say probably uh a hundred times over the course of an episode i'm gonna get uh get my double uh quarterback here with brady okay. uh to godwin are you going to try to potentially get the second buck? Like, are you going to take one of Gage and Jones? Because I feel like we both have had some quibbles with both those guys. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I will say one other thing because Tyler Johnson was the guy I had like tacked on in desperation, Tom Brady double stacks. When I got squeezed out, he obviously got released, um, which makes Scotty Miller. I think the pretty clear cut flyer, um, and with as much age and injury risk that you have with their wide receivers, I actually think Scotty Miller is a decent dart throw. So I won't fully force it, but yeah, I'll be taking a long look at, uh, Julio and Russell Gage. I also, um, I feel like people have been steaming up former buck, Justin Watson, a little on Twitter and, I know he made the team and there were some positive camp reports. I don't see how Justin Watson has over 250 yards receiving this year. And I don't think he should be drafted. Yeah. Um, well, I was trying to get Jack to draft him on our club top shot stream last night where we only had Mahomes with, uh, Meikle Hardman <laughs> and instead he took, he took a lacrosse player who's now on the Falcons, but <laughs> who's, that, who's a wide receiver, but listed at QB is, is that correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, tough to stack them up, but yeah, it's worth a shot. Um, all right. 
Am I just going to put my money where my mouth is on uh, more TJ Hawkinson? I wouldn't mind. I mean, you could flip it and you take Knox if you wanted, but it's a nice discount. Damian Harris isn't bad here either. I think I want to sit on tight end a little bit. Hmm. No, you're right. You're right. I want to get the bring back uh, with our Cincy game. Yeah. Well, you could, yeah. And then you'll probably have one of Cook and Singletary on the way back maybe, right? Yeah, potentially. And I don't mind playing that game as a as an Uber shootout with two bills. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's that's the best part of Cincinnati stack is that you can get Singletary, Knox, or um, or Cook in that range. And then you can also wait and get Shakir if you really want to reach and look for a Week 17 guy that, that pops up or get McKenzie. Like, there's a lot of ways to get to Bills, Bengals that aren't just the obvious wasting all your draft capital early, guys. I've, I don't think I've gotten on the Shakir train. What am I at here? Do I have any Shakir? 25 bones. Man, I like Shakir, Shakir a lot more than that. Like, I don't think he needs to be 8%, but I feel like he should be 4 to 5. I just, I think it's, he's pretty, I mean, I get, trust me, I taking stabs on the Bills offense, I get, but they've been like very slow to bring along wide receivers. Gabe Davis had essentially uh, a red shirt year. They've had some other guys that, um, were similar caliber to him, like Isaiah Hodgins, who was a pretty interesting prospect, never got off at McKenzie. It took a while for his role to expand. So I don't know. They seem to have kind of a veteran deference there. Um, I guess if Khalil Shakur is just really, really good, or there's a, a big time injury, I could see it, but I'm not taking him as a one-off. Are you taking him as a one-off or just in Josh Allen and, and Burrow stuff? I'll take them if like I miss out on all the Buffalo bringbacks and I want to get somebody at the end of a draft. If I have a Cincinnati stack, I'll take them as kind of a flyer guy late. I think the thing for him is like, if you don't get digs, you don't get Davis. You're inherently saying these guys aren't going to be as worthwhile or not going to be as necessary. So one of the ways they're not necessary is like they don't play or they get hurt or something. And Shakir is like a guy. I think everybody mentally filed away. Like, Oh, he's a slot guy and he lost that job. Now there's McKenzie, there's Crowder. He's actually been really good outside in the preseason and had a lot of training camp reports about being very good. So, like, I think he's worth it because, like, if Davis goes down, like, Shakir could be Gabe Davis and nobody's drafting him. Man, and this is what happened when you take Josh Allen unstacked and then you start to get spooked uh, and you reach for Isaiah McKenzie, 22 picks ahead of ADP there at pick 108. So, Isaiah McKenzie at 108 or Khalil Shakir at 205? Well, yeah, if I was if I was uh, TD Vulture, I would have just taken Singletary there. Um kind of already have a little bit of a zero RB room. Singletary would have fit that good. And then and then been a little bit more patient on McKenzie, I think. Yeah, it's a tough reach. Like, I, I like McKenzie, but I don't know that he should be in the 100 range. Well, it just goes back to that thing of, I mean, how much more upside is there on yeah. that at that price? It's crazy how much he's risen up, whereas like Hamler has stayed mostly flat. I know we've talked about this a little bit, but like Hamler to me is a much higher upside guy than McKenzie. Another classic T Vulture who I don't think I've ever seen combat dig on the streams, but right after his name is mentioned, he goes back I, for a moment like that. I am going to do Julio here um, at ADP and wide receivers getting wiped out here. And I'm still not even opposed to uh, tripling Brady. But that okay. one seems seems easy. I would have liked if Singletary fell to us there. I think Singletary. Yeah, I would have taken Singletary if he was there. Yeah, he is one of my favorite zero RB running backs, as as I've learned. I also got the with the Spike Week tool, uh, the DraftKings exposures, and boy, have I I haven't been playing quite Felix exploitatively, but I've been drafting thirty two percent Debo, thirty three percent Trey Lance. I had no clue because you can't see it on DraftKings. 
Yeah, I uh, I mean, did, ha, where are you getting Debo on DK? Uh, I can pull it up. I think I'm getting him. I'm a little bit ahead of ADP, getting him in the 17.3 ADP range, which I guess is a uh, minus 3.2 from where he is. But yeah, but like huge value on Trey Lance. I'm getting Trey Lance at the 85 spot on DK on average, which it's like it's a really fun tool. It's a spike week tool. It's worth the $30 or whatever to pay it for one month because like you really get some insights into how you've been drafting. And um, they also have the ADP value added where like they'll calculate your lineups and how much ADP it's gained, which is a tool that I've been like, oh, that'd be really cool to have. Um, and there are some out there where I have like 275 spots in ADP I've gained. And it's not like just dubs or somebody, but it's like 10 different guys that have jumped up. And it's like, Ooh, these feel like really nice lineups. Yeah. Fried says, I always keep in mind where guys were going early in the season. You're playing against all the other teams that got McKenzie super late. Yeah. I don't, that's not as big of a concern for me with McKenzie. I mean, a jump from like the one seventies to the one thirties, I don't think is a huge competitive advantage. It's taking him at 108 when his ADP is 130, I think is a little more suspect here. But I am glad how this shook out. I definitely like a couple of these running backs here. Yeah, I like it too. I think this is a nice anchor RB build that we're, we're coming along with. Now my question is, do I put on the condom with Melvin Gordon or do I raw dog it with Kenneth Walker? Hmm. Or maybe NZ will make the decision for me. I think out of he that, did. okay, there we go. I would take uh, Hines over Walker personally. Oh, uh, no. I mean, that's the the ultimate. The thing is, is like you can't find, there's only a couple other Kenneth Walker-esque picks in the pool. There's there's lots of Heinz picks left. But I guess I just, man, this has been one of the things I've beaten the drum of. And then, oh, man, one of the shows, was it a show you did? Somebody was touting Heinz. Was Liam touting Heinz? Uh, maybe I still don't mind Heinz, but I mean, Walker just has a ceiling that Heinz has, does not have access to. Yeah. I, I just think that he's not going to get the full workload. And I think Heinz now, like everything that's happened this preseason with Heinz has made me feel really good about getting heavy on Heinz when he was going late in drafts. Like, I think he's now the contingency value. Like we, uh, we actually didn't talk about this one, but Philip Lindsay getting cut. I was kind of shocked by, cause I really thought he was going to be like the hammer back to back up Jonathan Taylor. Me I too. think if Taylor goes down, like you're going to see a, a lot of touches for Heinz. And I think even if he doesn't go down, like you're getting that Herbert role where he's going to take something off the plate. So I think Heinz to me, like at a zero RB build, like there's a lot of upside and also like Kenneth Walker, you know, maybe doesn't play. He's got a hernia right now. He'll play the season, I think. But like Heinz will be active and contributing, I think, every single week. For sure. And I just think he he has a specific role. And I do think it gives me a little more confidence that Lindsay was let go. But Deion Jackson just beat out Lindsay. So I don't know if that much actually changed. Um, Lindsay's just never going to be a 20 plus touch game in the way that Kenneth Walker could be. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll acquiesce to that. I mean, certainly the player profiler comps to Ladanian Tomlinson will always stick out in my head for Kenneth Walker. And uh, it just feels like everything, like Gino being the QB, I don't love for, for anybody in Seattle. Obviously, we all know Drew Locke would have been, the guy gives him a chance to win. Uh, but Kenneth Walker, like Penny, I think is kind of undervalued at this point still, even though he's going oh, far I mean, into the head of I Walker. I like both. I mean, Sean Siegel, zero RB list, both yeah. Seattle backs in his top five. So, I mean, they're they're both awesome cost adjusted picks and they're both really exciting talents and that's making a good point here saying we're a walker is practicing report away from him going early 10th but right now i'm assuming he's on the 21 bateman timeline um interesting way to look at it like i would agree that if we did get some camp news that was a positive about him practicing people would be stoked i just think like penny's there travis homer stuff dj dallas looked really good in the preseason like they are clearly i think going to go with a bunch of different guys and 
I don't know that there's right now, unless Penny goes down, like I don't think Walker can get more than 10 touches in a game. Yeah, when you draft Kenneth Walker, you are you're throwing the first six, seven, eight weeks out out of the season. This is a late season hammer play. And again, I think it's harder to find in zero RB builds guys who have 25 plus point upside. It's a lot easier for me to find floor guys late. I mean, JD McKissick's free. You know, I can I can grab Jarek McKinnon and all these guys that I think are gonna have a decent floor right out of the gate. So I'd rather prioritize some of these guys. A uh, good question from Eric Z asking, you love Rashad White, but you would you have been anti-Rashad on this build? No. I would have taken Rashad, I think, if uh, uh, if Walker was gone. Okay. Uh, Jstraw14 asking, favorite odd way to start off the draft? I think for me, that's become taking Justin Jefferson in the one spot. I don't even know if that's like odd. Um, but I love the idea of him getting 2,000 yards this year. Like That's something that's been stuck in my head. Uh, do you have any odd ways to start a draft for Jstraw? Uh, I, I do. I like reaching. Um, it kind of just happened with Liam now in the beginning of the second round when I'm going to take Madison here. Um, when, when like Swift and Barkley and Lamb are off the board, uh, I now like reaching for a Pitts, a Higgins and AJ Brown to essentially be like, I'm going to pass the second round and I'm going to get two third round picks essentially. Um, and so you're getting a unique combo and you're getting guys that I think are comparable to the other players going in that range. Like, I just think it's a super flat tier. So I'd rather prioritize a really unique combo than force a selection like Kamara or Mike Evans or whoever that I'm not that excited about. Are you worried at all about Madison or is it like now that he's valued appropriately to be the Vikings backup, but also could get traded to one of the 12 teams, apparently inquiring about him and, and be like a bell cow. Yeah, I mean, I know some of those other guys are having good camps uh, for the Vikings. But yeah, I think you have multiple outs there. I did see those trade rumors too, but I still think he's the pretty clear contingent um, back to uh, to Dalvin Cook. We've, we've seen it year after year. And even if he were to lose a couple touches to other backs when Dalvin went down, he'd still be a nice value at this cost. Yeah, I think he honestly is going to have a decent role this year just because of, you know, if we look at the way the Rams have handled running backs, when the games matter the most, they're willing to go and go heavy cam makers as we saw last year. But like Kevin O'Connell is going to bring the same philosophy as you would think. And like they did rotate backs in and certainly learn the hard way from driving Todd Gurley into the ground. Like I think Madison's going to have a role now. And if he gets traded, it's, it's kind of like Kareem Hunt, where if Kareem Hunt got traded, great, he might have more opportunity. But even in Cleveland, like he's going to get some touches. Yeah. Um. I forgot to tell you, I do have a hard out at, oh. at 3.30. So everyone, if you're watching this draft and you're in this draft, I need you to use, not use all the clock. Can you please snap pick? And I will do the same. Yes, please Man, be fast. Ugh. What are we going to do here? I mean, we need some running back still. I would say that. Are we? Yeah. How many, how many running backs are we looking for with an ATN anchor build? Um, I think it could, it's a six build. I am going to take Pacheco. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Pacheco's hard. I still take him sometimes. I have no feel for Pacheco right now. Like especially now that Rojo made the team, like it does feel like it's a little bit tougher. Yeah. I I don't even like Pacheco, but I think what the team has showed us. Uh, I think at pick one fifty, it's uh. It's completely reasonable. I, I do uh, to uh, parrot a Davis Maddock saying, you know, one Chiefs running back in every draft, uh, not necessarily CEH, uh, but man, Pacheco, McKinnon, or Rojo, like uh, I like taking bets on on all of those guys. 
Pete, I'm just going to put this chat on the screen. You don't have to comment. I just <laughs> feel like it just had to be pulled up. <laughs> well, I wish. I wish that was the case. Um, GA007 asking, and he's one of our regulars, so we should probably make sure to promote it more. Uh, the show's officially going to be moving to the Splash Play channel next Friday. We also might have a time change because Pete's schedule is obviously going to be insane with the Fantasy Life show, so make sure you are subscribed. Um, I think we're going to look probably doing Friday mornings, but uh, just make sure to uh, subscribe over to the Splash Play channel, youtube.com slash C slash Splash Play Pod, and you can also get my solo stream tomorrow. What a, what a bonus for the people out there. What uh? What what's the hook tomorrow? I feel like you ne- normally have a hook for the draft. I think it's going to be my zero percent guys, which are going to be alarming to people who are going to stumble upon <laughs> the thumbnail. But I'm really going to try to go for the thumbnails too. Uh, I'm as we saw some results with the one I did earlier this week, Pete, where I just had like the one word on it. I think it's going to be like no, and it's going to be one of the guys. <laughs> I'm just going to reveal all my zero percent guys, and it's like Derrick Henry. It's Nick Chubb. I'm zero percent Nick Chubb. <laughs> wow. Wow. Zero percent Nick Chubb. What do I have? Seven point two percent. Okay, that's that's probably the right way to do that. (laughs) I would think, but I I went all in on a thesis and we'll see how it goes. It's uh it's an interesting thesis. I what why are you out why are you out on on Chubb? I mean, to me it's it seems pretty obvious that he could have a, a 30 burger one of the playoff weeks. And be a guy you need. So it's more so that I don't believe. So I don't believe it's not a bit to be clear. I don't believe in running backs overall. And I think this year will be the year that we see not a running back. I mean, if I really want to hot take it, not a running back averaging over 20 fantasy points per game last year, Taylor averaged 22 led the league there. If somehow there wasn't a running back that averaged over 20 per game, you probably don't need any running back early is my thesis. So if that's the case, why even waste time doing anything besides like just drafting late running backs and hoping one of those guys can get to 15 a game or you know, 15 when you need it per game. That's how I'm drafting this year. I think you might find holes in that as somebody who's drafted a lot year to year, but I feel really good about the teams I've built because of the fact that I'm willing to make this buy-in at the jump. Yeah. Uh, hang on one sec. Oh, fuck. I was going to take Mostert. Um, oh, I like Mostert. Let's see. Samir White, never an issue with him. I guess you got cheap McKissick. Yeah. You did mention him before. Yeah, McKissick might. I guess maybe McKissick might not come back. I, I can't. I'm going to take. I'm going to keep uh, bumping these Zamir numbers. I, I love Zamir White. Like the fact I've been drafting him all all offseason, you know, because of the chance that he might get some run, might be the guy that's that replaces Josh Jacobs. But like he's still going cheap enough here. Um, cost average, I think I'm getting about like 190 ADPs, but like still 160. Like he could be an absolute monster by the time week 17 rolls around. Yeah. Um, yeah, the chat pointing out, I mean, I'm pretty sure most of my uh chub exposure is mid to late third, uh, where he will he will slide sometimes. He's definitely not a guy I'm I'm reaching for, but he he opened up the year kind of at the two three turn and has now kind of dropped back. What what is his ADP? He's he's definitely mid third now, twenty six point six. I guess he's still going. I guess it's only in my drafts. <laughs> he goes he goes later. In the average drafts, he goes early third still, I guess. Yeah, I would just rather have one more wide receiver or like when Pitts was going there, you know, going that way. Um, so that's that's the way I've been drafting. And if I'm right, I'll be we'll be we'll talking about it on every show. And if I'm wrong, we'll never mention it again. Josh wants to know who are your favorite last round players to target? Kyron Williams. Yeah, I think Kyron Williams is a good one. My favorite are either my guys, which are like Jeff Wilson and Eno Benjamin, or getting off the board. 
getting like pretty wild. Like I talked uh, Liam into taking uh Tristan Ebner with our last pick in our, our draft earlier today. Yeah, I would say I'm with you on Kyron Williams being a good one. I was actually trying to get ahead of him a little bit before he became more of an in vogue late round pick. And I, just, I haven't ended up with a ton because I don't know why. Um, but he's one for sure. I think Khalil Shakir again, Zach Moss, if you don't get one, a Singletary and Cook. It's mostly like, is there a guy here who's going to be in the mix who could supplant one of the guys that you missed out on early? And I think that's the way I would try to draft. Yeah. Need to add some more wide receivers here only at five through 14 rounds i keep clicking paris campbell he's like one of the few guys in this range i think has a little juice you are firm paris campbell and i am firm alec pierce i have i would have i would have for the record i would have taken pierce if he was there but he's he's long gone yeah do you feel like he's officially moved ahead in terms of your because you've been campbell beating the campbell drum for a while yeah i mean i like campbell i think if you had to make me pick one straight up i would say campbell in points for the season but i just play the adp game on uh on underdog and now pierce is going what 164 and campbell's going 185 so they're in pretty different ranges at this point would you want to make a, a pierce versus campbell bet sure just straight up yeah okay uh 50 sure okay all right done hey willis willis will you write that down this is me this is me just playing with pete's nipples now now that you're in a different camera setup <laughs> <laughs> this is what the people want to see anyway. I got a hundred dollar super chat for that. You know what? You know what this team is just begging for. Can you find the correlation in the player that this team needs? Uh, let's see. We got Seattle, uh, Cincinnati, Tampa Bay. Are you going to say Nico? No, Nico's gone. Um, Look at my stacks. I got my Cincy and Buffalo. Bring oh, back. Are you saying Visca? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I don't hate it, man. If he's going to save his career, it's going to be in Carolina right now. That's right. And so we're at we're at a two five six. Yeah, I mean, I and I think with this, this feels like a six running back, eight wide receiver build to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think we, we have a lot of talent at receiver, but it feels like it's not the most diverse group of receivers because we have the <laughs> double stacks and yeah. <laughs> Spags or uh, Willis says I opened the spreadsheet. Poor Spags already going to OP to hundred. What's the other? What's the other bet uh, in there that you're referencing, Willis? What did we do? Yeah, I don't even know. Our accountant's got to keep us honest here. Yeah, hundred. That's I mean, I I, I gave friend. I gave you a little. I mean, if we use ADP as as a proxy there, yeah. I, I gave you a little a little juice on that even money. I agree. I think that being even money is pretty fair. Oh wow, Julio Jones going to be out? You said no. Oh, <laughs> I fucking been Wolf Fuller. I would have been right. <laughs> oh, I just picked the wrong dart throw receiver. Oh well, that's that's the, it's always a bet you don't make, Pete. <laughs> what other wide receiver are we going to take along with our Carolina wide receiver? Uh, I mean, I think this wouldn't be a bad time to get more than 0.4 percent. Khalil Shakir, get out of here. <laughs> Should I give you, should I, should I toss you a secure? Has there been any like training camp buzz or anything about him? He was great in every preseason game. And like, and they were, he was like dominating in camp. Like that was what tipped me off was that they were like, oh, he's playing outside. And even though he's small, he's like grabbing everything. So I, I don't know. I, I'm a fan. Man. Now, Zach Moss kind of makes some sense too. Let's just do a, uh, let's do secure for now. Okay. I did that for you, Spags. Thank you. 
I look, I need I need a rare, rare victory for me on this show, so I'm glad to get yeah. it. No, I'm Team Shakir. Great name too. Like, can't you see like oh Khalil Shakir going in the fourth round next year? It's not crazy. Uh, Consigliere says Pete fading Galladay so hard feels uncomfortable. Do you know who else is fading Galladay? Literally every fucking person drafting on this app. He just went at pick 189. <laughs> Literally everyone is fading Kenny Galladay. I have five percent overall of Galladay across all my lineups yeah. in Best Ball Mania. Four point four. So I have more than yeah. I would have thought, honestly. Probably is, Giants double stacks. Is it thought. is it that what? How much do I have? I have seven point two. Get the yeah. fuck out of here! I'm even with the field on this dog shit play. Kadarius Tony though is back and healthy, and I think that was the one way Galladay might have had a shot as if Tony couldn't go. But like, good sign for Kadarius Tony because people were getting spooked. I think by the leg issues. Yeah. Um, I'm not opposed to uh starting to mix in some Shepherd stuff. I did Richie James make the team? Is that a thing? I don't actually know. I didn't see if he got cut. I don't recall seeing him get cut. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I was taking some of him when we talked about um not taking Slate. Slate didn't get cut either, though, did he? You gotta tell me. I didn't. I all all the news that I saw was all just like running back cuts were the only things I really noticed. <laughs> I didn't I feel see like there any. Weren't any besides like Tyler Johnson, like there weren't any big yeah, Slayton will remain with Giants to start the 2022 season. A lot of these guys we thought would get cut just didn't get cut. Yeah. Well, did you see like what the Packers did? Were they only carrying oh, yeah. Aaron Jones and AJ yeah, Dillon? Yeah, people, were, people were into Goodson too. Like, there were people in the chat who were telling us to take Goodson in some of the drafts. Roll the clip, baby. Get that week 17 bring back. Tom Brady throwing dimes to Julio and Godwin. Visca running the Wildcat and garbage time on the other side. Sounds incredible. Is would you take Visca like objectively? Is he a better play now than Deonta Foreman? Um, hmm. Well, the the issue for Foreman, I think, has been uh, Chuba, yeah, being pretty relevant, and it does seem like those guys would be more of a true split. That's why I started pumping the brakes on Foreman, who I was hammering early. All right, we got we got about one minute left till Pete's hard out. So what are we? Are we just gonna let the people fill in their own conclusions here? <laughs> Yeah, um, why don't why don't we land the plane here? Why I find a, an off the board running back to select? All right, so make sure you guys follow at Peter Rovers at follow at Chris Spags and follow at Splash Play Pod, whether it be on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're putting out content on all of that. And of course, go to youtube.com slash C slash Splash Play Pod to subscribe and also get my solo stream tomorrow. As well as Pete and I moving over to the channel officially next Friday. And go to probablyapp.com. Get on the wait list now. It is going to be a very sick product. I wouldn't promote anything that's dog shit, I guess, besides the, my efforts on this show. Besides that, the Probably App will be the tool that I think will change this industry. Um, and I swear, like, I'm putting everything I can into it, guys. So please help me out. Go to probablyapp.com. Put in your email right now. Join the wait list. Uh, Pete, anything for you coming up? I, you had a fun randomizer show, but I don't know what else you have on the schedule. No, I'm I'm cleared off. My schedule is I'm going to go sign some paperwork for our condo, and then I'm going to go pick my parents up from the airport. That is what I am plugging for the rest of tonight. All right, so go check out Peter Rovers at doing those things. <laughs> we'll see you guys again soon. Enjoy your Labor Day weekends, guys. Hey, God, hey, God. Sorry, no. Oh. I, I, sorry, we. I do need. You're gonna tell me which how to order the queue here for these these picks. Oh. These are the four candidates for my off the wall final pick: Sony Michelle, Dontrell Hilliard, Kyron Williams, Chris Evans to tack on to the Cincinnati stuff. I would go Kyron one, Sony two, Chris Evans three. All right, folks. Okay. At me on Twitter, 
I'll tell you who I took. All right, everybody have a good one. We'll see you guys next time.